Revere, Palacios. Where's the council member who was hanging out in the office all day? All right, we have a quorum. Everybody's had time to take a look at the agenda to see if they've got some items here that they want to separate out for those who still aren't familiar with the new process. We'll take a moment to see what we want to separate out and discuss, and then we'll get a consent motion to move the rest so that uh, I know we're going to have some discussion on 11. Um, we're going to have some discussion on 10. Nine. Do I hear eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one? Question about six. Um, the there's a, a recommendation has been made by the water board on who to hire. Do we need to move a substitute or anything like that for that item? They are the lead. Okay. Okay. All right. If there's no objection, I'll take a motion from the council president to adapt items one through eight. So moved. Is there a second? Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Goodbye. Goodbye. To most of you. It's been a pleasure. Okay, item eight, nine, excuse me. Authorizing the mayor and clerk to enter an intergovernmental agreement with Dane County, et cetera, et cetera, uh, taxes. Motion and a second to refer to our next Board of Estimates meeting. No, oh, was re referral was requested and a date wasn't given. So, um, in fact, okay, motion. We have a year well, to figure this out. We gotta have something specific. Um, we can't just refer it forever. January, B first January, first BOE meeting in January. Motion to refer to the first Board of Estimates meeting in January. Is there a second? Motion and a second. Um, is that compatible with what you would have done? Um, I can go either way. Tonight, January, can I ask for an update? Yeah, Dave, why don't you tell pressure? us? Uh, that was why I, I, I guess I'm curious, why is it being referred? I don't have any idea about the referred one. Um, when I was here a couple months ago, there were some questions on the part of Alders as to how much the costs might be the way the original resolution was drafted, we would give the county 90% of the revenue regardless of our costs. And I had suggested a change that we, it, to the extent there's revenue sharing, it be after we net out our costs. And so I was asked to come up with estimates of that cost. And that's what I was prepared to speak to tonight. Alderman Revere. Thank you, Mayor. Just a very basic question, Dave, and, and to confirm what you like, said at the last time you were here, we for sure are waiting a whole year before we would begin taking over the installment right. payments, correct? Yes. Uh, when we had our first meeting in implementation uh, committee, we saw that there was just too much to do, and so we're uh, focusing on the bills that would go out December 2014. Thank you. Alderwoman Subek. Um, I'm curious if anybody could speak to the rationale for referral. Thanks. Alderman Schmidt. Um, and it was requested by Alder Clear. I presume this is because City County Liaison is still doing work on it. Um, they are the lead. Right. Okay. I, I want to think about procedurally um, 
what happens if they finish before January and then we've referred it that long? I would um, certainly entertain a motion to change it to something shorter. I'm just trying to think about how to um, got an idea. Let's refer it to a specific place, which is which uh, is a good depository for this. How about a referral to the mayor's office with no time deadline, and then at such time as the league committee finishes, we'll send it back here. So I I so move that amendment to is the motion. Is there a second? Okay, on the question, we refer the mayor's office to report back when the other committee reports. All those in favor, aye. aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries, thank you. Item 10, update on sales tax audit. Mr. Schmidtke. Thank you, Mayor. Um, <clears throat> you should have a uh, memo from uh, both me and Mike May in uh, your packets, and I'll just walk through that quickly. Um, Department of Revenue periodically audits um, uh, the city and uh, the activities that it uh, conducts that results in um, taxable sales. And um, uh, they most recently uh, were in over the past year or so, and they looked at the four-year period between 2008 and 2011. They identified taxable sales that total um, a little under $4.4 million that should have been taxed but were not. Um, the bulk of that, about 85%, is related to um, activities at the Overture Center, and um, uh, most of that is related to facility fees um, collected by um, the Overture Center. That had not been identified in um, any previous audits, and, um, but was identified as a taxable item this time around. So um, the estimated sales tax on those taxable sales is about $240,000 with interest on that over the span of time of the four years being a little under 80,000. So the total was about $320,000. The city made that payment. It does not dispute the figures, um, nor does the Overture Center dispute the amounts as identified by the Department of Revenue. Um, so we have paid that in order to um, stop the interest clock uh, or the interest accruing on that and then have then um, uh, deducted the revenues to the city agencies that uh, were um, affected by the audit. Those include um, the Senior Center, Monona Terrace, Warner Park, and um, Olbrick Garden. Uh, the interest costs for each of those um, um, unpaid sales taxes uh, have also been charged against appropriations for those agencies um, in this fiscal year. Uh, regarding the Overture Center amounts, the city has paid those in order to um, stop the uh, interest being accrued, but the city does dispute that it's responsible for paying um, the sales taxes on amounts related to Overture Center activities, and it has filed an appeal um, related to that. The arguments are laid out in the um, in the memo, and um, Mike May and Ann Zellhofer can speak to them more specifically, but generally, the city has simply served as the fiscal agent. It uh, simply passed through any sales taxes. Therefore, the responsibility is for the um, uh, Madison Cultural Arts District and um, or its successor, the Overture Center Foundation. So that's the city's position 
uh, at this point in time, and um, that'll then work its way through the Department of Revenue's administrative review process and may ultimately need subsequent steps after that, including the Tax Appeals Commission. So that's where it stands um, at the moment. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Actually, I've got a question for City Attorney. In the sale or the transfer of a business, generally the parties um, disclose any liabilities and the document usually makes reference to who shall be responsible for any unknown liabilities. Uh, for example, should it be determined that there are uh, taxes to be paid? Oftentimes, uh, there'll be an escrow put aside. What is the general rule of law when the agreement is silent on that subject? Um, the general rule of law is that the prior person would remain liable. In other words, you have to specifically state that the person purchasing the business has some liability before that's transferred unless you know they generally don't absent language in the agreement they don't assume old liabilities of the prior corporation now what does our agreement say our oh, agreement had our agreement specified two specific areas that uh, the new uh, overture center foundation may have some potential liability and specifically was silent about any others and it did not cover sales tax now, who is the present owner of the business? Let's see. Uh, it's operated by the Overture Center Foundation. I'm not certain who actually owns. Is it the OCD that owns the property? Oh, yeah. So there are a couple of different companies there. But we basically are looking to the Overture Center Foundation. They're the successor to 201 State, which we think is a successor to MCAD. And... All right, let's take, take it in steps. At the time that the city was doing a favor of doing the administrative work of collecting taxes, who was it doing the favor for? That would be for MCAD. Pardon? MCAD. Okay. And then MCAD was succeeded by well, that's what's in dispute. We claim that MCAD is succeeded by 201 State and then OCF. They would, they would say they were not the successor in interest. If they were not the successor of interest, then how do they have all this authority to do what they're presently doing? Well, they, they bought the building and set up a corporation and, and are operating it. I mean, there are legal distinctions, Mayor, between somebody who purchases an asset and takes it over from somebody and operates it. You can look at them as a, quote, successor in interest, but generally speaking, just doing that, you don't succeed to any liabilities that the prior owner of that asset may have accrued. That raises an interesting question, two interesting questions. First, what assets does MCAT have? Right now, I don't think MCAT has any assets. Second question. In fact, I think they're sort of dormant at the moment. Oftentimes when taxes are not paid, 
are not the individual board members of the organization held responsible for those taxes? Uh, that can happen in certain instances. You can look through the entity to the individual owners. We have not looked into how that might apply in this circumstance. Would you look at that and provide us with a list of who the MCAD board members were? Sure. That uh, we'll know. One of them sitting at the table, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to know what their personal liability is. Sure. We'll, we'll take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, any other questions? Sorry, for, oh, excuse me, Alderman Bevere. Mouthing the words to one another of a, a very recent ALRC meeting last week where we had um, attorneys talking to it with us for about two hours. Uh, so it was a bit of a deja vu. Um, but anyway, I, I guess. I just want to follow up on uh, one or two questions that the mayor put to you, Mike. The first would be, uh, from my recollection of the structural agreement, which obviously you and, and Attorney Zellhofer worked hard on, there is a um, indemnity clause in it that states that I believe that both the two parties to the structural agreement, which by the way, MCAD was not a party to the structural agreement, it was the city of Madison and OCF, but that holds OCF harmless. I thought that there's language to that effect, and how would that play uh, into the... I, I would have to review it again, but my recollection was that this was one of those indemnity agreements where each side agreed that they would be responsible for their own activities, and I don't believe that the city indemnified uh, OCF. I'll look over to Ms. Zellhofer. We did not, she says. So there are various forms of indemnity agreements. In a lot of them, we insist that people indemnify the city, um, if we are going to indemnify somebody, we have to get approval of the Common Council to do that. But then there's the middle ground where each party says, I'm responsible for any mistakes I make, and you're responsible for any mistakes you make. And it's actually sort of a non-indemnity agreement. It's just you're responsible for your own uh, errors or omissions. And, and I'm pretty sure that's what we have with, uh, uh, with the structural agreement. And so then that kind of begs the question, again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this tonight because I don't think that um, there's not a a big time pressure here at this point, but I'll ask that question in a minute about future process. But uh, isn't it true, and maybe Mr. Schmidicki can jump in on this, isn't it true that that it was based on the city's longstanding advice going back to the 1980s and the Civic Center that we took the position in City Hall that the uh, facility fee, which has was already been mentioned by Dave, was a major uh, um, amount of the uh, exposure here was considered a city tax. And in fact, ordinance after ordinance was adopted by the Common Council, um, some of which I sponsored over the years, that that you know, led us to believe that this was a city tax and that the monthly forms that the Comptroller's Office, now Finance Department, were sending to the Overture Center uh, and before that the Civic Center box office specifically had in these monthly reports do not include facility fee it is not reportable to the Department of Revenue because well, that's what I've been led to believe. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any question that legally this is not a city tax. The city doesn't have the authority to impose a, what would amount yeah. to some kind of a sales tax on the sale of a ticket, um, nor would MCAT have that kind of authority. Um, uh, we cannot find any legal opinion from the city attorney's office suggesting that this should not be taxable. As 
practice when the, the city owned the old Civic Center. There was a fee like this involved, right. and, and, and that was not reported. Uh, we didn't pay taxes on it at that time to DOR, right. which was in part why this was a little surprising since there had been audits of that and, and no uh, additional tax had been imposed. Um, so I guess that's, a, that's the best I can explain it at this point. I don't know that there's any formal uh, indication of the city taking the position that this was not taxable, but it, it might have been. It was certainly the practice uh, prior to a certain point in time. And, um, but we also don't think that in terms of the amounts uh, calculated that we have a, a good legal basis to argue to the Department of Revenue that, that this is not a taxable amount. I guess I just want my colleagues that haven't been involved in these conversations, and I only have because by virtue of my dual membership on the OCF board as a city appointee, that um, this was as much of a shock to employees at Overture Center, including longtime employees, including some that are in retirement, that said that you know, going back since the 1980s, they were always told through, you know, from the city attorney's office and the comptroller's office that the facilities charge was not taxable don't even give us the numbers uh, on the sales tax reports. So I, you know, my part of all this is that I'm saying that it seems to me, speaking as one person, that perhaps the city has a moral obligation to work with OCF on trying to reach a settlement and perhaps that we both come to the table and talk about this because I don't know, and maybe this is a question for others around the table, but I don't know that this there's been any real conversations with OCF leadership and their attorneys about this issue has there been to your knowledge? Uh, I know there have been communications in which we indicated we thought that they should be responsible for it and they took a different position. So it was like one-way correspondence? Or uh, no, I think there were commu communications both ways from uh, counsel for OCF and from the finance director. Yeah. So, so at this point we at this point we you know we disagree on that and how we resolve it going forward. Obviously, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be opposed to sitting, sitting down with them. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, it, it was the operation of the Overture Center that, that caused the liability to be imposed. And at least our position at this point is that didn't involve the city. And so why don't, instead of arguing the law here today, why don't we talk about the process? Do you or, or Dave, could you talk about what's the next steps are at Dior. I mean, they're mentioned in the memo, including potentially the Wisconsin Tax Appeals Commission. Is that a process that takes months, years? For, do we know from how long Dior will take to consider our appeal? At this point, as you jump in if I'm wrong, David, but at this point it's at the administrative review level. Um, once we get a response there, then we have the right to take it to the Tax Appeals Commission. And then at that point, we would have the right to go through the court system to have that reviewed. Um, I would suspect that getting through the Tax Appeals Commission is probably, uh, we're well over at least a year or more away from today. Um, how long it takes DOR to do its initial, I don't know, but uh, I couldn't imagine we'd get through the Tax Appeals Commission in less than a year from today. You mean a decision? A decision, by the, yeah. Not DOR giving us a ruling at the administration? No, I think we'd get an administrative ruling within that time, but I doubt we'll get through the Tax Appeals Commission within that time. and. Without looking, I'm not familiar enough with exactly how long Tax Appeals Commission rulings take, but knowing most administrative agencies, they tend to take, you know, a year or so. Okay. 
might depend on their backlog. I don't know how bad they are. Thank you. I don't mean to be asking all the questions. Can I just ask you one question, Mayor, and that is, yes. have you considered uh, trying to negotiate a settlement with OCF on this question at all, or do you believe that? I think, I think, I think first we have to resolve the question of liability. Then, then we can talk to them. I think I'm pretty sure their position would be um, one that they're not liable, and secondly that we have an obligation um, to vigorously contest this. So you, so you feel it would be premature to have the negotiating team that, in essence, we already have on the annual grant contract talk about this this matter. I, I you, you, you'd rather wait and let the process play itself out. I can't. I can't imagine why they'd negotiate, or what they'd negotiate. I mean, given their position to date, they don't believe they're liable, and they believe we are. So well, we talk about litigation all the time here at this board, where we n neither party wants that we're, you know, wants to admit any liability, but we settle a matter and so that's what I was thinking I mean there's no way that well Mike why don't you go find out if they want to talk I think that would be helpful I mean OCF doesn't have this kind of money laying around but you know part of it I think you know if we talked about a payment plan something that could be we could have constructive conversations about and it sounds like that always hasn't willing to talk that would be great thank you other questions if not by the way, I do have one. What was their last response, OCF, on the question of liability? Boy. My recollection last response is they at first had argued that uh, the tax argument that this was a tax, I think we counter-argued that that was not the case, and then they sort of acceded to that argument. And uh, But I think on the liability question, they think it's the city's responsibility. I think that's where they're at yeah. right I now. I think their position would be it's either the city's or MCAD's, but it's not ours. Right. I mean, they may Well, ask them if they've got a different position. Yeah. And if they do, then we'll negotiate. Yeah. Further questions? If not, excuse me, thank you very much. Item 11, is there a motion? Only. Um, I don't think you, you know, we, we, we do this different ways. I really don't think you can eat, eat, move the alternate. I think you have to move the main motion and then move the substitute. So can someone move this main motion? Move approval. Is there a second? Thank you. Is there a motion now? And now I, I move an alternate. Is there a second to second. the amendment, which is a substitute? Thank you. I, I think that's the only proper way to get the item on before the body. You. I had worked, uh, well, I hadn't worked. Staff had worked with all the Rumble and uh, sellers and the mayor's office on making some changes to the original proposal we thought was more in keeping with the original spirit of uh, the Sustainable uh, Communities Grant uh, from HUD and CARPSI. Do you, Matt? 
Ms. Alderpalm mentioned, uh, this is a portion, the remaining portion of the HUD CARPC funds that we received for the Madison Sustainability Commerce Center. As many of you recall, we spent 168000 completing a feasibility study that was completed earlier this year. Uh, the resolutions before you would authorize spending the remaining funds, which need to be spent by the end of the year. Uh, the base or the primary resolution before you uh, allocates uh, the bulk of those funds to uh, Gebhardt Development to take a look at sustainability initiatives for their proposed 800 East Washington Avenue block, along with providing some funding to Vandewal and Associates to complete some district-wide sustainability planning. The alternate resolution that's before you uh, reduces the amount of funding for the Gephardt team to 55,000, provides then 75,000 for an RFP to select a developer to uh, take the feasibility study and begin completing some of the pre-development items that are outlined as next steps within that feasibility study. Uh, and the, the alternate resolution is basically silent on the district-wide initiatives, although we would have the capacity to do some of that work through our Capital East District budget. Further discussion on the question? Seeing none, on the substitute, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We have the substitute as the main motion before us. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. I believe the desk is clear. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries.